If y'all only knew what goes on behind the scenes, but <laughs> we're back on the pastor study. Woo. <laughs> Glad you're joining in with us. Pastor John Young in studio, Pastor Raymond Johnson also with us as well. And uh, we're going to jump right into the topic for today. And the topic of the day has to deal with a continuation of what we discussed last week. So first what I'd like to do is, is to offer kind of a recap of last week and get your opinions on what we discussed last week. And for those of you who did not hear the show last week, there was a study that just came out by George Barner, who does many different studies across the nation about America and Christianity and the views and, and how religion has shaped our country. And he just recently did a survey, 1,871 self-described Christians, let me put that there, who were asked about uh, their perceptions of God. Four out of ten Christians in this survey, 40% believe that Satan is not a living being, but a symbol of evil. And an additional 19% or two out of ten said that they agree somewhat with that perspective. So basically you have 59% of the people in this survey that says that Satan is not who he really is. Mm -hmm. So again, when we talked about that last week, uh, when you heard that again, Pastor Young, what was your immediate reaction when, when you found out about this survey? Well, you know, after I got past a few of the wows, um, you know, because, you know, obviously the people that we interact with on a on a regular basis um, believe that. Um, and obviously a lot of the professing Christians that this survey uh, took into account um, actually probably represent a greater cross section of the body of Christ uh, because uh, many of them don't have the opportunity to uh, get the the sound teaching because for whatever reason they don't they don't uh, attend services regularly or whatever but the thing that I thought was interesting um, uh, one of our um, uh, associate pastors uh, who didn't have the opportunity to hear uh, the show this past Tuesday actually uh, initiated a teaching uh, in our Bible studies and his teaching was on uh, uh, understanding uh, Satan and how he works. So we want to thank God for Pastor Smith and, and allowing the Lord to use him uh, uh, despite uh, uh, the fact he didn't get the opportunity to hear the show. But the thing that I'm, I'm uh, looking at, and, and, and Pastor Ray, I'm curious to know what you think about this, is is that not Satan's job, uh, Pastor Ray, to uh, make us believe that he doesn't exist so that we can fight each other and fight other pastors, fight other preachers, fight our brothers and sisters in Christ? Exactly. Exactly. Part of his main strategy is to, to cause division amongst the ranks. And the more that he can cause individuals uh, to believe that he does not exist, that it is merely their own imagination or their own minds, uh, the moment that he can... Uh, try to remove the the validity of the scriptures and to remove uh, the finished work of the cross as we just finished experiencing Resurrection Sunday, the more that he can try to dilute the strength of the word of God and his very own existence, uh, all of that is working toward his favor in causing the world to go the way that it is. Uh, and, and really what we're dealing with is we're dealing with a sign of the times where uh, people are lovers of themselves, as First Timothy, uh, I believe, 3 describes, uh, where they're, they're not lovers of God. Um, and as uh, Romans reminds us that 
you know, the carnal mind can't subject itself to the will of God and the word of God. Uh, and so what uh, Satan's responsibility is, his job in the earth is to cause confusion, uh, to bring about unbelief and to bring about doubt. Uh, so that we will not rely on God's word with an interdependence upon the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. Absolutely. And so, you know, we, you have all these perceptions already out there about Satan, but that wasn't the more startling statistic. The greater one to me was the next category that we talked about last week real quick. And it says uh, in the survey again that most Christians in this survey also do not believe that the Holy Spirit is a living force either. It says overall, 38% strongly agree, 20% agree somewhat that the Holy Spirit is a symbol of God's power or presence, but it is not a living entity. You have 58% of the survey that don't believe that the Holy Spirit is actually a person and that works on behalf uh, or a part of the triune God. Just one-third of Christians disagreed that the Holy Spirit is not a living force, and 9% were not sure at all what to believe. So if you add 58% to the 9%, that's 67% of those in this survey that don't know what to make of the Holy Spirit, the, the role of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so, again, when you hear these statistics, 67% of the, of the survey and, and, you know, you have these people coming to our churches, you know, and all kinds of things who, who may not know. What, what does that say, Pastor Young? What? You know, one of the things that, uh, and I'm not sure who it was um, uh, that mentioned this, one of the callers last week uh, clarified that, you know, it's, it's not just the pastors uh, that are supposed to uh, uh, get this out, but, you know, oftentimes we learn in other settings too. But the thing is, is that I, I'm convinced that most uh, of the Christians that don't believe that the Holy Spirit uh, is a living entity is people that just go around and order God around in Jesus' name. Mm. And you can do whatever you want. Uh, and and just come to God and and throw whatever you want up to him and just kind of put Jesus name on it and he's going to do it. Uh, but I, I like how the Bible talks about uh, in 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 Psalms how 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 God made his acts known unto the people, but he made his ways known unto Moses. And the way we get to really know God is through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's how we begin to understand his personality, his attributes, and and understand that he is uh, one sent alongside us to comfort us. Uh, and, and I really believe that that kind of teaching uh, is is. Maybe we need to drive that home more, um, not just in the Bible studies, but, you know, when we can uh, put the sweat rag down for a minute and teach a few times on stuff like that, even on a Sunday morning. Absolutely, because the Holy Spirit, you know, most of us, or most people relate the presence of the Spirit to when the service is high or when, or when there's enthusiasm or when people are jumping and shouting and clapping and doing cartwheels and we say, man, the Spirit was in the place, but... Uh, this is also why I believe that there's a struggle between religion and relationship. I think many people focus on religion. This is what we're supposed to be doing, but don't understand that you have to have relationship with God through the aid of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You have to yield to the Holy Spirit to allow the Spirit of God to move and manifest himself in our life. I think that's what's missing primarily because many churches and many, you know, we focus more on denominations and we focus more on religion that we lose out on how to develop the relationship with God. And so, Pastor Johnson, do you 
you kind of agree with that? Or where do you stand in that, in that I, view? I wholeheartedly agree with both of you gentlemen. Uh, it, it becomes very critical for us to really teach that the Holy Spirit is a person, that he is the third person of the Trinity. Uh, and really, Jesus said concerning him that he must go away so that he could send the Holy Spirit and that it is the Holy Spirit is the person that would never leave us nor forsake us. And Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit. And according to John 16, he, he specifically says, uh, he who the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will lead and guide and direct you. So it's, it's no, it, it should be no surprise uh, to your, the numbers that you reported to us, Pastor Swan, that when you put the two together, somewhere around 67% of believers don't believe that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is an actual uh, entity, a being, a person, um, and that Satan is not, um, he's a symbol of evil him himself, that he's not really real. So when we look at the fact that most of us don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, it shouldn't be surprising to us to see uh, the statistics, the way that we see them. We've got to get back to teaching that the Holy Spirit is a person, that he resides within us, and that his job is to lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, let me just say this. On behalf of uh, the folk who like me, and I'm going to put myself in that in that box category of the spirit-filled folk who all over the church. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm one of them Pentecostals. Okay. All right. And, and Pentecostal folk have a, have a have a wonderful time in church on Sunday, uh, and speaking tongues more than y'all, like Paul said, which is a whole other sidebar issue. I hope we get into today also. Yeah. Uh, but can't live by the fruit of the spirit which is an attribute of the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians five nineteen through 26, right. like Paul gave us. So it is not so much, you mentioned something about religion, and uh, religion can become culturalized also, and that we have an experience high time on Sunday. Uh, but what really shows if you got the Spirit is how you walk the thing out Monday through Saturday. Absolutely right, and it's the daily interaction. It's the daily process of becoming like Christ, and you can't become like Christ unless the Holy Spirit aids you in that process. Hello, somebody. I think we missed that. Do you think, before we get into the statistics for today, do you think that part of it is because people have a hard time understanding the super, the, the spirit realm? Mm. You know, we, we, we are physical creatures. We understand. We've been taught if you go to school, you work hard, good things will happen and all that kind of thing. Do we? Do you think people really understand how spirit realm can have influence and impact over our life? I don't think people really understand that, that the things that are unseen are more real than the things that are seen. Uh, and I don't think that people really understand that, uh, how the spirit realm uh, kind of impacts, influence, dictates, directs uh, how we live every single day. On the one hand, I think that... Preachers, if you will, or teachers, if you will, must get back to teaching that man is first a spirit himself um, and that God is spirit and that man came out of God, according to uh, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And then you've got Genesis 2, 7, when he forms around him the body and then breathes into him the breath of, the life. Breath of life, which is that spirit. But the essence of man is first spirit. And we, we tend to live life through the five senses in a natural sense where we aren't led by the spirit internally from the inside out. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a tremendous challenge, Pastor Young. How do you get people who come to church and they want to be right with God and, and they're new to the faith and help them to understand that, that much of our existence or really the there's a large part of our existence that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't put our hands on it, but we have to believe 
that it has a, a tremendous impact on our life. You know, uh, Pastor Swan, one of the biggest challenges I believe we face as as uh, pastors and preachers and teachers uh, is there are different levels of understanding that people will have about the spirit realm and, and dealing with uh, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that uh, there's a knowledge level, which is basically just a, a basic a surface level knowledge that the Holy Spirit exists in some capacity. Um, but, you know, they just see, uh, they, they measure that by what they see. You know, uh, those of us that are, you know, running around and, you know, hollering and screaming and, and, and doing those kinds of things are, uh, you know, and it's not that that's bad, but that is a reality that in, you know, some people respond to the presence of the Holy Spirit that way, but that's a knowledge level understanding of what they see. But then you go to the comprehension level, and that is, I don't, I not only know it, I can't just quote a scripture that says that the Holy Spirit is in the Bible, but let me, un, I, I want to break it down where you understand it. And and I believe the truth is, is that that's where many of us aspire to get to, but there is another level. After you know that the Holy Spirit exists, uh, and after you understand uh, 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 it, him in such a way that you can explain it to people. Now you've got to get to the application level where when I get up off the floor, wh- how do I apply his presence to my life, to my problem, to the fact that I can't pay my bill or to the fact that my husband is about to leave me or to the fact that I just got laid off to my, from my job? How can I take this presence of the Holy Spirit that's in me and apply it to my situation in a way that it impacts my life in a real way. And I think that's our challenge to sit back and interact and dialogue with people. And that's not going to happen uh, from a lecture uh, on the other side of a podium. Yeah, and I think also what we have to understand is that in the moments where there is is great celebration in our service and, and people are, as we say, in the spirit and, and they're you know, dancing and shouting, whatever the case might be, there still might be others who might not be doing any of that. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we send a message, a wrong message, mm-hmm. that says if somebody's clapping and shouting and somebody's sitting there observing that that they don't have spirit. And, and so the challenge becomes we have to get people to understand that having spirit is not equated to an emotional experience. There you go. Having the spirit means you surrender to the decisions of God daily in your life. Say that one more time. And again. that when you wake up in the morning, you say, Lord, I trust you to, to take me, to lead me, to guide me. It is not in the high time. It's not um, in all of these things that sometimes church has promoted, sometimes maybe not even aware mm-hmm. that, that we think. And so when people go home, they're not in the shout moment. Mm-hmm. So maybe people don't think they have the spirit. No, mm-hmm. you have the spirit. When you get saved, the spirit comes inside of you say so. and remains in you. Until you die. Mm-hmm. So that means that every day you wake up, the Spirit is with you. And now what you have to do is yield to the Spirit in your daily walk. I think that that issue is largely missed mm-hmm. because we go by emotional state. We base our services on how emotional they have become. Mm-hmm. Somebody cried today. Somebody shouted today. Oh, the service was great. The, the Lord was The service was high. The what, Spirit was there. What did the preacher talk about? I don't know. Uh-huh. But the yeah. service was high. Yeah. <laughs> Sister so-and-so got the hucker bucket in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? So, so yes, on, Monday, on Monday, when, when the, the enemy, enemy comes, yes, sir, say it. we don't know how to respond because we don't believe we have spirit in that moment mm-hmm. because we equate spirit. With emotional experience, and like, mm-hmm. we have to get out of that. We, yes. we got to start teaching that spirit is with you at all times. But let, let's let's move on to the to the topic for today because there's another part of the survey that shocked me that we didn't talk about last week, and it has to deal with uh, views on the Bible. 
Okay. Uh, Views on the Bible. It also says in this survey, and again, we want you to call in and offer your perspective, 727-5711. It says a majority of the Christians in this survey, 55%, also strongly agree uh, that the Bible is accurate in all of the principles that it teaches. Mm. 55%. That means 45% Mm -hmm. do not believe Mm -hmm. that the Bible is accurate. That it's it's infallible. That it's it's the divine word of truth. Okay, some also believe that there's no clarity among Christians when it when they say how does the Bible compare to other books of other religions like the Quran or the Book of the Mormons or all the other different expressions. Many of the people in the survey believe that all of the by all of the books, the whole, quote unquote holy books, all lead to a similar truth. So so now now it's is more of a notion that okay the Bible has is certain principles the Quran has its certain principles the book of the Mormons has its certain principles but ultimately whichever way you choose they all are going to lead us to the same place All I can say is there is a way that seems right unto a man but in the end there lies destruction Yeah I mean so if if we can't if we how do you even start at that point pastor young when you say okay you have to explain that the Bible is true because you have 45% of the people in this survey that say we're not sure if the, if the entire Bible is accurate. You know, and obviously that that's one of the positions that Jesus was in when he walked the earth. You know, many people um, uh, didn't believe at, at that point. For example, there was no New Testament. The New Testament was being uh, uh, experienced. Um, But Jesus told them in those times, he said, if you don't believe me for the words that I say, then believe me for the works that I do. Right. And so one of the ways that we can demonstrate that God's word uh, uh, is elevated above, uh, according to him, even his name. You know, one of the ways that we can we can elevate the word of God above uh, all other false doctrines is to allow them to experience the power that is resulted uh, that that is a direct result of applying his word and and you know one of the things that I I, I quite often uh, think about is how you know like like we, when we were talking about uh, a moment ago how a lot of people get caught up in the experience explosive uh emotional reaction to a powerful word from god but you know uh when when god revealed himself uh to moses and he showed uh his his backside to moses that that same scripture talks about how he wasn't in the strong wind and he wasn't in the in the storm or, or, or the crumbling of the mountain but he was in the still small voice so there's something uh when the bible says that he's given every man a measure of faith right so so if the word is true then i don't care if you've been bowing to dalai lama or whoever you know you you have been given a measure of faith and god's word is not going to come back void so if all we do is plant a seed we can't rely on the emotional reaction they can look at us like we got three heads after we speak a word into their spirit but that word is going to take root it's going to germinate and it is not going to come back to him void and somebody's going to come along and water it but when it's all said and done only God can give the increase. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, Pastor Johnson, along with that, you know, we live in a country that basically is a melting pot for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's diverse. We don't live in a country where there's one standard religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a melting pot. So do you think now that because of that, people 
kind of observe all kinds of things, are, are respectful of all kinds of other religions and appreciative of other faiths. But then that dilutes sometimes how we view our own religion because maybe we don't even know what we ought to believe because, you know, we're hearing bits and pieces from all the other religions. So what do what should be the response of a Christian to other books, the Quran, the Book of the Mormon? How how should we respond when people come to our church and say, well, what about this? Or, or what about all these other faiths and, and what they believe? What should we be telling them as Christians? Well, as, as believers, as Christians, the first thing we ought to be doing what Paul told Timothy, to contend for the faith. And when we contend for the faith, we have to give an articulate, intelligent response uh, on how the scriptures came to be, number one, the history of the Bible, number two. And then number three, as Pastor Young talked about, once you apply this to your life, here, can, here is what the end result can be. But do you think most most Christians can do that? No, and I think that we, within our, I think that we as pastors, also one, have got to take some of the responsibility on our end to do some apologetics within our ministry to kind of show people how to contend and how to defend the faith. For example, um, I did a series within our church on just teaching about uh, five percenters in the Quran and showing the difference between Shiite, Sunni Muslims, and what you have over here in terms of the black Muslim movement, and then being able to dissect the dichotomy between the three and show how the scripture and each persuasion still bears out to be truth. One example is uh, just like the Bible has Old and New Testament, the Quran has surahs. Right. Okay. So in Surah 14 and 6, it uh, uses the word Kalmar to describe Jesus. And it says that he was the Kalmar placed in the belly of Mary. Well, that, that word Kalmar in Hebrew, in Greek, in Latin, in any other kind of language you want to put it in, it means divine word. Okay. So now that's just an example of how you could do that. Right. And so, you know, the challenge also is, and we understand and know that the three major religions mm -hmm. all came from one man. One man. Abraham. Mm -hmm. So having said that, how then are we to be able to say as Christians, okay, Christianity is the right way because it came from Abraham through Isaac. Does mm -hmm. that mean then that we don't honor or respect the fact that it came through Ishmael for the for the Muslims uh, and, and all the other things? How do you? How do we as Christians, if only forty five percent believe believe that the uh, Bible is not accurate, mm -hmm. how do we put it into context? Because that's that's what we're dealing with today as pastors. There there are worldviews that we have to be able to stand up and say, yes, we acknowledge this, but yeah. this is what we believe. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is missing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so now you have all these gaps. So so how how do we close close the gap so our congregation can understand yes you're going to hear all these things yes you can tie it back to Abraham mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things mm -hmm. But this is why we believe in the Bible and why we believe the Bible is true amongst all the other faiths. We, we go right to the person of who Jesus is and we point out how critical the resurrection is from a, a historical standpoint. And also, and I would even dare so stretch to say even scientifically that we can prove that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Don't have time to do that on the show, but I'm saying from the standpoint of being able to draw people to the central truth of the scriptures from a worldview standpoint, we show what happens at the end of trust and belief in Buddhism, what happens to the end of the trust and belief in Islam, what happens to the end to the trust and belief in Hinduism, and what all of those claims, and then what the scriptures begin to claim in regards to how one ends up in the end and how that plays out and how they're living right now today. Right, and, and I would agree to that. But, you know, Pastor Young, most most people don't do a, a comparative 
survey. I agree. You know, most most people don't. Some people come to church because their mama went to church. Right. And and that's all they know. Right. So how how do we then make sure that they understand that a Christianity as we believe it is the right religion? The Bible is the sole authority of how we are to live when we live in a world that let's be honest does not honor authority like it used to. Right. And and you know I I I think about uh 1 Peter 3:15 is the scripture that says but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer for the hope that lies within you with uh fear and trembling. And so here's the part the the point is is that you know when you sanctify your heart, you know there's a chain reaction. You know w- Jesus said if I be lifted up, when you sanctify something, you set it apart. When when you when you when you sanctify your heart, God draws people because now people are going uh, so 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 Peter had to tell the people around him to be ready because obviously we all know a story when when Peter wasn't ready because he was trying to deny that that he had any connection at all with Jesus but even when he tried to use these expletives his heart was connected with Christ to such a way that they said your speech betrays you you can't even deny it and so then he said you know what the next time I get an opportunity I'm going to be ready to give an answer uh, for a reason of the hope that lies within us so that gets us back to our test testimony uh, where where you know maybe they don't want to do this comparative analysis with us like pastor ray was talking about because maybe they've already got their mind made up but the one thing that we can talk about with with conviction is this is what god did for me and like the blind man said you know what i don't understand all that stuff but you know what once I once was blind, but now I see. You know, there was a time my cupboards were bare. And come here, let me show you. I got collard greens and I got pinto beans. And, you know, so, so there, there's things that you can demonstrate in your own life that's completely undeniable and it's relevant to them because they can say, I remember when you was out there doing this and that or the other. But now there's something different about you. When I look at you, when I interact with you, you know, there's something about God's presence that consumes me. And I don't understand it but i know it when i see it and you got something that i need and so when we sanctify our hearts i believe that chain reaction is going to come for all of us yeah and i and i agree wholeheartedly that transformation process is is really the key and i guess again you know as we're going going through this whole process and, and looking and and what i see here is that there's a lot and let's be honest here this survey basically tells us there's still a lot of ignorance within the church well I mean, can we just be honest? Yes, sir. Yeah, we can be real honest with that. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, there is a lot of ignorance in the church. Come on, come on, Pastor Swan. Is there ignorant people in the church? Not ignorant people. Ignorant? (laughs) There is... There's ignorance. I didn't call anybody ignorant. Ignorant. There are some people that's ignorant. (laughs) Ain't no doubt about that. It's just just how it is. Lord, have mercy. But there still is a lot that people either don't know Mm -hmm. or they they just simply refuse to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that's a problem. Now, let me ask you this, and and we'll move on. Do you think that maybe... 45% 45% of the people don't believe the Bible is accurate who profess to be Christians is because within denominations, of, and you go across denominations, they're seen, mm. they cannot seem to be in agreement on Scripture. I think it's too So things. let me play the other side now. Mm-hmm. If I'm not saved and I'm looking and I see that two denominations can't agree on certain things, 
then how am I to believe that it's true when I go to one church and you teach this and I go to another church, mm -hmm. you teach something different? How am I to know that it's true if if the, the body of Christ can't even agree mm -hmm. on certain things? Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is one of the misnomers of Protestantism, uh, and that is, you know, all this. You got to break it down. Okay, man. I'm see, sorry. See, you did apologetic earlier, and I, I listen <laughs> to He let that one go. He let that one go let, for let, me. Let me help you. Apologetics is not that you're sorry. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> apologetic is simply you're defending, you're defending your faith. Defending the faith. Okay. I, we got to break it down with you, man. All right, look, it's, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come grassroots. Let me we just grassroots. got saved. Yes, man, help us out, man. <laughs> we know, we know you know the word, man. <laughs> okay, so, so all the different streams of 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 uh, Christianity. How about I put it that way? There you go. Okay, help us out, man. All right, all the different streams of Christianity um, sometimes can work to you know not to our advantage in the sense that. Um, we have all these different belief systems and all these different structures and denominations, which create, which are man-made, by the way, right? Uh, which pull away from some of the central truths, and we tend to emphasize in one movement of truth the end-all to be-all to everything. And so, um, when really it's just one experience that somebody had that has truth to it, that we should not try to create a whole dogma out of it. So that can kind of end up getting us into a lot of trouble when, in regards to us coming to a place of agreement. The second thing I would say, Pastor Swan, about that is a lot of people are not seeing so-called quote-unquote Christians live the life. And that's what the real big issue is. We're not living the life of learning how to be like Christ and have Christ-like attributes in our lives in moments of trouble. Well, I yeah, because you know, I, I think you can always show how good God is when things are right. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're right. When, when the rubber hits the road, can you really show a measure of faith? We're going to try this. Let, let's pray. <laughs> we got it down. <laughs> Caller, we, we have you on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to comment on the fact of there is a lot of ignorance in the churches. And, you know, when I hear um, how you all were talking about, you know, Scripture, how sometimes people, and I may be wording a little different, but sometimes we are unlearned, unfortunately, in the church. Um, take the example, some of us are still thinking like Nicodemus. I'm using that for an example when he misunderstood the fact that when he was saying about being born again, do you have to go back into his mother's womb? Yes. Sometimes it's a lot of it's a lot of you know misinterpretation in the church because we don't want to take time out to search our scriptures for one and get a better understanding, and then when somebody is being used by God, whether it's the leader of the church or whatever, to explain and break it down, we're holding on so much to tradition and a lot of oral teachings that's been handed down through the generations that we missed it. Wow. You know, so we have to kind of get away from thinking like Nicodemus thought. Okay. Well, we thank you for the call. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. You, you don't think, Pastor Young, that there's tradition in the church now, do you? I mean, yeah, Lord I mean, help me. <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, we got churches that flow. I mean, we got churches that are current and relevant to the times of which we live. There's no Pray for me, preacher. Pray for me, preacher. It's so thick you can cut it with a knife, and you don't even need a sharp knife. You can cut it with a butter knife, you know. Um, but but here's the thing, you know, and, and, and you mentioned this a moment ago, uh, Pastor Swan, is that how do people react 
when they come and they see churches aren't getting along and, and, and those kinds of things. And, and this, to me, is is where insight comes in or wisdom comes in is that I think it's a misnomer to believe that churches have to agree on everything because the Bible says there's one interpretation but many applications. And so we, we certainly have to agree on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are certain uh, uh, elements of Scripture that uh, you're just right or wrong. But there are certain dynamics of the way ministry is run that may work in one ministry and may not work in another. There's absolutely things that the three of us do in our churches that they're probably the reason that we do these things this way at our church in terms of the way we operate has really nothing to do with Scripture. uh, But it is the way. So I guess what I'm saying is that all tradition isn't necessarily bad. For example, you know, uh, just to throw this out there, for example, we don't pass the plate. You know, but, you know, if if some churches pass the plate because it would probably take four hours to do uh, offering if you didn't pass the plate. And so so that ain't got nothing to do with scripture. That's just the way you operate in ministry. And and so so I guess the point is we need to make sure that we that that people understand that just because we apply uh, ministry differently doesn't mean that we interpret uh, the important parts of scripture differently. I agree. I, I can respect that. I will say that part of it is it's not necessarily traditional as much as church, and people don't maybe think about this, the church is cultural. It, it's, it's cultural in the sense traditions started in a specific period of time. Mm-hmm. The challenge is is that sometimes when the culture shifts, mm-hmm. you're still doing the things that you were doing before the culture shifts. Now it becomes traditional. And the question becomes how do you get back to making church relevant? What makes church relevant is not the emotional experience. That's what people look for. Mm-hmm. But what makes churches relevant is the teaching and the application of truth. When you leave service, yeah. did you get something that can help you to deal with the stuff you're dealing with in your daily life? Mm-hmm. And so after we've heard all of these things and we've, we've admitted that there's some ignorance in the church, i got to ask this question. We're almost out of time. Is Are these things more self-inflicted can we say that the enemy is doing all these things are are we are we hurting our own selves shooting our own selves in the foot by by a lot of the things that uh are happening here i just gotta ask man that's just one are you insinuating inquiring minds want to (laughs) know well the the bible is clear even on that for my people are destroyed for a lack of what Knowledge. knowledge And so it behooves us. I mean, we every day, the average everyday believer has got to be, come into accountability for studying that word. Do we give the devil more credit than he deserves? We give Do we word. pass I'm gonna just blame? Let pa- I'm going to let Pastor Young get on that one right there. Because, you know, even that. even in the garden after Adam sinned, he said, well, you know, it was because you gave me this woman Eve. You mm-hmm. know, uh, do we do we pass blame <laughs> to say, are we are we more who who is more at? At, at fault, Pastor Young, for, for these type of statistics, is it the enemy or is it because we as believers aren't teaching truth to power? Mm. I, I need I need about a 10 second joke and it's clean. <laughs> I'm safe. For real, y'all. I'm safe. Listen, uh, Satan was outside of this church crying. Many of y'all might have heard this. And so so Jesus came up uh to to satan and said you know hey what's what's going on he said you know what those people you know they 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 blaming stuff on me that i didn't do you know and and you know they they won't they won't uh they won't let me in there and jesus said you know what don't worry about it they don't let me in there either 
So I, I just I just I just had to say that <laughs> because the truth is is that both of those things happen uh, simultaneously at times. One, you know, we're we're blaming uh, Satan for things that we're doing, uh, uh, and nine times out of ten, you know, that that does happen uh, because we yeah, the ignorant ones. <laughs> The ignorant ones, and, and if you got a, a bonics uh, dictionary, you know you find out what that means. But then, second, you know, sometimes, like Jesus said, our traditions can make the word of God of none effect. It's okay to uh, have a a methodology and approach to ministry, but not at the expense of the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. So, when your traditions uh, make the word of God of none effect, when you begin to look down on other ministries or other Christians or your other brothers and sisters in Christ, because they don't apply ministry the way you do. It's one thing if they're, if what they're doing is contrary to the word of God, but you got to check and come with book, chapter, and verse to back up your approach to ministry if you're going to try to correct somebody. And I agree to that, but I also go back to why I think that uh, church has to be in the culture and in the times in which we live. I can honestly say, you know, after hearing Dr. King and how he preached during the time and the era of which he lived, I wouldn't survive in that time. <laughs> I don't. I don't have. And I, and I listened to the former pastor of our church, Pastor Maxwell, and I listened to how he talked. The eloquence of speech and just the the resounding the mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. that really drew people in in that period of time. Mm-hmm. I know that if I if I were called in that time, I would not survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think what what has to happen is we have to understand once again that the word only makes sense when it is given and it is administered and it's received according to the times of which we live. If if we miss that point, then sometimes even the, the truths sometimes get blocked out because we're, we're so focused on the messenger mm-hmm. and not the message. And so you can get caught up in traditions of doing things and the culture has moved in a completely different direction and now what has been relevant in the past is no longer relevant any longer. Mm-hmm. I think that is a bigger problem that we experience and that is why I believe we shoot ourselves in the foot mm-hmm. because you do, you're not doing relevant ministry. Mm-hmm. You don't have things that speak to people in today's situation and that's not to say that you only speak to the people in today's situation and you ignore others. You have to have a message that is clear-cut for anybody to be able to receive regardless of what situation that they're in. And and because that is not always there, because you, you go back to Pastor Young to the traditions of the times, that means only a segment of the population is being touched. You're leaving out several others. So people come and it's going clearly over their heads mm-hmm. because of the message and how it's being presented. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the cause of why we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We got about three more minutes. We're almost out of time. This conversation has been good. But uh, once again, let me go ahead and get you to offer your closing remarks. And if you want to put a plug in again for the uh, play on tomorrow. All right. Please don't miss the play, uh, the clean house uh, stage play. It will it will start Thursday right behind Heritage High School at Beulah Tabernacle. That address is 5862 Orchid Avenue. uh, And the telephone number to call for more information is 757-270-0609. And. On another note, since I've already kind of made people kind of mad in some places, maybe uh, we rap at our church, you know, and and can I can I just say this? I rap at our church and 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 don't shoot me for it. But, you know, one of the things that is important to us is that we don't leave 
out uh, the the uh, Moses generation in order to reach the Joshua generation. So you know, for you cutting edge ministries out there that's trying to reach this 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 new uh, cross section of society, we've also got to be careful that we don't lose sight of the fact that you know uh, Moses brought the people to the Jordan. And so you know, ain't, ain't nothing ain't nothing wrong with a little take me to the water every now and then. You got that I just right. got to say that too. Because truth be told, yes, sir. it's the Moses generation. That's taking care of your church. Come on, sir. Financially, let's, let's be talk honest. about it. That, that's a topic you got. Because talk you got about the Joshua week. generation coming in and shouting, leaving two dollars in the plate. Because <laughs> well, they they buying stuff they cannot afford. Yeah. And broke. Uh huh. But you got them quiet saints that's sitting there watching all this carrying on. Uh huh. And they the ones that's carrying the church. Yes, so sir. Let, let's be honest here. Yeah. Yes, sir. So so no, we don't ignore the generation. And you know what's interesting about that, Pastor, is that you have more people in today's generation that's more educated mm-hmm. and don't know what to do with their money. That's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother topic. You Why got, do you start stuff at the end you of the got, show? You got some folks that's in the church that sit there quietly, been in the church for years, don't say a whole lot, mm-hmm. didn't make nearly half of what mm-hmm. the new generation has made. And they're asking the grandmama for, the, for, for some money. But she they got to tithe and they're doing what they got to do. Lord have mercy. They're doing what the they got to do. The time is out. The time is out. I didn't, I didn't start anything. You done, you done started something right there. That's a that's a big pet peeve uh, over at CRCP. No, you got to love everybody, man. <laughs> you got Regardless to of the generation. Yeah. And that's what traditions do. Yeah. Traditions limit generations mm-hmm. because now you're focusing on one aspect and not looking at the whole picture. So we are out of time. We will not be here on next Tuesday. We will not have a show on next Tuesday. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, for another show starting uh, first week of May. We want to congratulate Pastor Young, uh, who celebrated 10 years yes, sir. Yes, of, sir. Mari- of marriage uh, over this past weekend, and we congratulate him and his wife, Yolanda. We bless the Lord for uh, 10 years, and uh, you need to give your wife a shout-out, man. 10 years, man. You need to tell her you love her. Hey, Mooney. Hey, Mooney. I love you. Did I, Can everybody hear that? Yeah, they, they can I, hear I that. love you. They can hear that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you that. <laughs> now, are you doing anything uh, special for? Yeah, we 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 are uh, going to an undisclosed location um, here this weekend. Not and... n- not Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> well, we flying out of Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we going to Suffolk, baby. We going to ten years, baby. You can go to Suffolk now. <laughs> we'll be flying to Richmond. Yeah. Pray for me, y'all. That won't true. Oh, you can't put it out there on the air. No. You're surprising her. Yeah, okay, all right. We'll say no more. Yeah. We'll say no more. No, you can't be lying, man. Don't be lying. Y'all pray man. for me. I got. I don't want no more sin in my no. life. Pray, <laughs> pray, pastors. Pray. We are praying. We're, we're out of time. But if you happen to miss a segment of the show, you can also go back to uh, org. You can uh, go to the site this afternoon, the media link, click on it, and listen to the show in its entirety. We also do a daily devotion that we like to send to you uh, via email every day. And uh, if you want to subscribe to the daily devotion, also go to kevinswan.org. Click on the Join Our Mailing List link and fill in the information, and you'll start getting our daily devotionals from us as well. So on behalf of Pastor Raymond Johnson, Calvary Revival Church Peninsula, Pastor John Young, Empower Believers Christian Learning Center, who will be going somewhere (laughs) this weekend. (laughs) Congratulations on 10 years. To Kevin Moose Anderson, who's with us in studio, we thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another show. Until then, be blessed, be blessed, and be a blessing to someone else. Take care.